on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Jay Foreman, DP, Austin on the ones and twos. A little story time with my main man, Sam Gash. I love me some Sam Gash, man. I do, man. He was one of the best teammates I ever had, man. I'm telling you, big cuz. <laughs> my man was cut. I, I, I mean, the thing that was so, like, interesting to me, DP, about Sam, Sam Gash, because he was so country, though. My man would be like, but, he's, but he appreciated football so much. He appreciated teammates so much. But my man was so country. I mean, the dip in his mouth was just like, like he needed a statue. It's almost like, it was like, man, how, what, what, like, how can you even speak? And he was like, man, I'm a head buster. He's like, I know what I'm doing. And everything he did, I'm telling you, he headbuttoned you in everything he did. And I liked it. Um, I, I pulled up a picture and I see exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had the old school uh, neck break. And you know who really oh, loves he's a Carolina boy. Okay, yeah. he's from Hendersonville. That right. makes that, that answers everything for Oh, me. yeah. He country is all good. He the, yeah. guy, he the guy that if you say, hey, man, we're going to have fish tonight, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go catch it out back. Yeah, he would, he, he, would go, he would go quail hunting. You're right. Down at uh, 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 down at they had a reserve down there. Yep. And he would go. He even in his off season, so he'd go. Oh, yeah. And him and uh, 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 Carl Mecklenburg from the yeah. Broncos, who still had his house down there in, in, in Mecklenburg County. Um, yeah, they go. They go quail hunting. Was, him and Frank Garcia yeah. from 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 the day, uh, and they tried to get Eric Davis, cornerback from Forty Nine ers to go. And Eric Davis said, "Listen, man." I love y'all, but y'all not taking me to the woods at four o'clock in the morning in the dark with guns. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, miss me. I uh, tell me uh, about uh, it when yeah. you get home. I want to hear the story. You, wanna, you know, the best thing about Sam Gash is um, he knew I was from Minnesota and I like to fish. And then one of the, my other, I guess, rookie mates, Sean Bryson, is from Franklin, North Carolina. So that's where Big Cuz got. You know, he would always call everybody Cuz. So and he was Sam's big dude. So them two do. Me and Sean were we're best friends and. You know, they played runner. They were running backs together. So them two country dudes. Then you got, and I'm not country by no, but I like to love to fish. And then they had another fullback that came from Tennessee, and he's super country. And he's from Carolina somewhere. He's actually from Gastonia. Um, gas hole, so North Carolina. The gas hole. <laughs> so we wanted to go fish. So Sam Gash had met this guy that had a cabin, uh, like upstate New York. So he's like, you want to go fishing? I'm like, yeah. You ever went fly fishing? So I never done that before, and I never been in the river with no waders. So he took us the night before. We all got waders, and Sam had like the hookup. You know, we played minimal for it. He came, picked us up at three o'clock in the morning. And he had a big old like dually or whatever. Like it, it was just drove us up there, and we caught um, like I think some salmon or whatever. It smoked it up for us. Dude brought it down. It was one of the best days we ever had. And let me tell you something: I couldn't fly fish for tiddly poo. Okay, because I'm used to, like, doing it, right? I started to catch it at the end. And Sean, you know, we we were just crossing our lines. Sean got one. <laughs> I'm mad, you know what I'm saying? Because that was supposed to be my fish. And Sam made sure we stayed there until I caught me one. Now, it was the smallest one, <laughs> it must have, and it was the dumbest one, right? But you got one. But I got one. Because I did want to go back to the locker room and be like, man, this dude from Minnesota Cookie. I finally got it. I mean, we was in that we was in that water all day. Have you done have you ice fish? Is oh that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Walk me through this. 
Well, because because uh, I I I see y'all. No, you don't. No, 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 no. See, I have respect see, that, for y'all. See, this is the difference. Okay. I I've ice fished under great circumstances. So. Okay. Growing up, one of my friends got me to go out there, and I was like, "Look, bro, like out here in this little tent, it's cold. You got the little radio trying to." I was like, "I'm out, just I'm done." Now the way I went is during the Super Bowl was up there. They brought you know those appearance out there, so they take you out there, and you got these ice houses, and they high tech. Look, you got a king bed, cable TV, <laughs> got a microwave. And like a stove. So top. you camping in a luxury liner, is right? What you're and saying. then, okay. And then you got like little two uh, uh, twin beds. And then the way they do it now, because I guess the night before they had caught like a 22 pound uh, fish or whatever. So what they do now is like you put your you know line in, and then you just got an alarm, and it's all computerized. You you could see like the fish swimming down there. So I did that. That was cool. And this one dude was. Now here's what he told me, and I didn't realize he, you know you could go into the, like the the you know the lounge and, and shower. Yeah. He was like, "Oh yeah, man, me and my son, we come out here. We we come out here for four days. I'm sitting there. First thing I'm thinking, like, bro, you ain't shower for four days. Well, then he goes in there, and uh, you know you can you ride your snowmobile out there, and then you go back, and that's where you eat and stuff. And they got they got nice showers and everything. I. But I was not so in there. So first of all, you're morning. not fishing. You're fish receptionist. Yeah. Basically. Like. <laughs> what it is is like, <laughs> they want to go out there and drink, watch TV. And it, it, it's like a little colony out there, man. It's like you got your own, like, your house is number 14. Right. Austin's, you know, three houses. Hey, right. man, come down. We we drink it down at 18. Like, but and you're watching on camera the radar of fish coming right. near your bait, I and guess. then And then when you get a hit, it goes down. Then you just get up and. It's high tech now, man. Okay. You have fish. <laughs> you high tech, man. You high tech, man. But one thing that isn't high tech, I want. I was uh, gone yesterday, but I wanted to talk about this DP mm-hmm. and with conference realignment in the future. You know, uh, I read somewhere where Trevor said the possibility of having the top thirty-five to forty brands. You know, and eventually, I think that'll be in five to ten years. But it's the coaches on the hot seat, right? And this is after a dismissal of my man, of not my man, of Pat Fitzgerald. It's Eli Drinkwitz. That might be that's a, you know, that definitely is going to be yeah, that's going to definitely be a trivia question, right? From Missouri, he's on the hot seat. Neil Brown from West Virginia. Um, let me see. That's the two, and then Tom Allen, of course, from Indiana. He's been there seven years. Jeff Haley from Boston College, and this is one that's interesting here, right? Dino Babers from Syracuse, which was, he's had some big victories, took Notre Dame two years in a row to the 23rd hour, and then Ryan Silverfield from Memphis. A lot of these teams aren't a part of the realignment because you got to think Missouri's in the SEC, but you got Indiana, you got West Virginia, right? And then you got Syracuse because of Syracuse is huge. Now, number one, they're not necessarily a football school, but they've always put out football talent mm-hmm. but they potentially could be a part of the breaking up with the acc with your coach on the hot seat uh we obviously you know you, you would never they've got a few nebraska players there um you know obviously with the transition everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Which one of these coaches do you think is gone first? Tom Allen, Drinkowitz, Jeff Haley, Boston College, which is our, which is, you know, a little bit different because he's only been there for three years, uh, and he had a really good pandemic year. Um, you know, he has NFL defensive coordinator, you know, experience, um, or the Memphis coach Silverfield, which can't even believe he, you know, you even worried about him coaching there because. Memphis is not a football team. Football it's, school. it's not a football school, but they're rather enjoying the perks of being prominent in college football at the high level. Right, like they had a run. Right, they had a run, and right. they're not used to being in that space. And to be in that space is kind of like Wake Forest. It's like, oh, wait a minute, we we can we can have nice things. Like we can have nice things. We can make real money in the fall uh, and deal with that. And so I think he's a. I think the, I think it's Dr. Tom Allen because the basketball program. While it carries leverage and heat and flavor, um, you're paying pretty good money in the basketball program. Yeah, you are. Like you're playing, you're paying even your reserves, your your assistant coaches are making pretty good money. But around the Big Ten conference, the rest of the coaches have cachet. They have swagger and sellability, and you know when you think Big Ten, how far, how many coaches do you think of before you get to Dr. Tom Allen? And that's a problem for Indiana. Like, Indiana expects more. They deserve more. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach. And I'm not saying that he doesn't get it. But the reality is, if you ask anybody in the Big Ten or outside the Big Ten to list, go through the Big Ten coaches of prominence, Tom Allen's in the bottom four all the time. Right. And that that branding that, that, that Trev talked about, and you know, branding matters. Indiana is a brand. Even in football, it's still expected that they produce some talent and be relevant. You can't be in that the bad. You right. can't be coach number sixteen, which yeah. is what he'll be next right. year once oh, yeah. USC and UCLA happen. Yeah, be- you got to make a move to try to go up the chart. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's interesting. You, had, you know, nineteen and twenty, they were kind of like the Cinderella team, but then backed it up. A ton of NFL talent. Quarterback leaves and goes to Washington. Now he's up for the Heisman. Going to be NFL quarterback, Penix Jr. And he, it seems like they haven't recovered. They kind of had they he, he he had it. He could hang his hat on a high turnover defense, interceptions, turnovers. So you're constantly feeding your offense the ball. But I think now he's lost at the rate, and you kind of hit your peak, right? And I think sometimes when you, all these schools are kind of have something in common. All are average football schools. They've never been a powerhouse school. I think Boston College was at its peak when Tom Coughlin was there. That is many decades ago. Yeah. But in Syracuse, kind of, you know, when they had McPherson and all that, was it McPherson and all that? They were legit, but they weren't powerhouses. So what happens is you get some success, get some notoriety, you pay a coach a lot, then you're all saying, well, we need that every year. Well, a lot of times with these coaches, while you guys were below average and, and – you got to think when these coaches took these jobs at the very beginning of their coaching tenure, they were worse off most likely than they are right now. Now you get success, you forget where you came from, you forget who you hired, and then your expectations go up. But guess what happens when the expectations go up? The support has to go up, 
right? And then you have to your expectations needs to be a little bit realistic, and you have to really be okay with and look at the leadership before uh, that Tom Allen has been able to establish. He has his own brand as the, you know, his voice is always raspy, a lot of energy. But here's the biggest thing, the kicker for them. Even if he's fired after this year, so even if you fire him in week eight, even if you fire him January 1st next year, you still got to give that man 20 million bucks. That's a huge, and if I'm Tom Allen, I don't back off of that. Right. There is all. This is how much of the hot seat is for him. They're already talking about. Listen, how do you give him? A, you need to give him find an administrative position for him because you right. you don't want him out of the program. Right. Because he's a he's a great salesman. He's a little bit and he's from the area. Yep. Um. And he loves Indiana football. He he. And when and here's also when he had chances to upgrade, he stayed loyal. Most likely at the time for a pay cut and then maybe not financial dollars. But more security long term. What and what I mean by that is, him staying at Indiana. This is probably why his, his agent said the buyout needs to be so much. Is going to hurt him in future employment because mm-hmm. there's not many Indiana and at his age and at his age that are going to hire a Tom Allen at at or close that pay rate. So that's where that's where you have he to be will careful. Be, he will be right next to the athletic director in the boosters recruiting. All right. He will be around the program because you can spread that out. Kind of think, yeah. you know, what what you've done with with Bobby Bonilla. You you can extend that. At least he gets his money. He can still be of value. And you can have him as like a senior assistant or something like that. Yeah. You know, or something. Yeah. Did you just compare Tom Allen to Bobby Bonilla? I did. I might be the, that's that's a first. I'm impressed. I did. I love that. Well, well, well. I mean, what this is just what, that type of contract. But, but this this is what happened. This is the business that's going on now. I mean, you know, it was it was bandied it was bandied about. A year ago here in Lincoln, like, what do you do? Like, you're going to have that same discussion with John Cook in a year, whether you like it or not. You had that discussion with Francis Allen, and uh, this is what it, this is how this works. You know, Gary Pettit, like, you you've got to have those discussions of people that have value to the pro- athletic right. program and to the university and to the community. You may need new blood and leadership, but you can't get rid of their leadership. And their leadership is vital. They still keep connections. They still keep relationships alive. And they're a tie to the past that is necessary. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it, you see it all the time. Like you know, um, Bobby Bowden. Even though he wasn't coaching, he was essentially the de facto coach. Yep. He's the guy that if you needed to close a recruit, and, and Bobby Bowden has won national championships and put eight thousand players in the league. Barry all Alvarez. Of, all, all of it. Barry Alvarez. Yep. Well, when you recruit and you walk in there and you're talking to whatever coach at the time at Florida State, where well, comes old Bobby Bowden, now you close the deal. You got to have that because, in one, if you're Indiana or a football program that needs to kind of stay relevant, you have to have somebody that has some cachet. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to get left behind and you're going to be looking at them taillights and you don't want to look at them taillights because what happens when you get left behind in, in college football, you not only see the taillights, they burn rubber on you, Austin. Yep. Like you, like one of like the you know in the country towns. You're even like, they're leaving. Yeah, and they you know they drag race up there, and who knows O'Neill, Nebraska, down uh, you know First Street, and that's all you see is smoke. Eat that's my a, dust. Yeah, you be up there getting left behind, man. Jay Foreman, uh, Austin DP. I'm gonna come when we come back. We're gonna talk about one player in that defensive back room before we send you guys off to think about. And uh, I'm gonna give him some props for the simple fact that he still has his head above water. Jay Former DP, we'll be right back. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.